superheroes cannot be allowed to exist. Where do we start? Oh yeah? What is it? Is you ready? Here we go again, huh? We've been grinding hard on the job. Can't take that from The Discussing Network presents Discussing Comics. I am Kyle Jones and I want to welcome back Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? Doing well, man. As always. I feel like I'm a broken record on these introductions. <laughs> but uh glad to be back and talk about what what are we talking about tonight, man? We are talking about the second in a series of Disney Plus MCU shows, and this one happens to be The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I think before I even go into anything, I need to say, if you have not seen the first four episodes of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, put us on pause, go out, watch it, come back, because from this moment forward... Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky, too. (laughs) Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This is a six-episode series from Disney+, and it continues... Phase 4 of the MCU. It stars Anthony Mackie as the Falcon and Sebastian Stan as the Winter Soldier. So I know it's not a complete picture yet. We've not seen all six episodes. But so far, Clarence Brown, summary view. What say you? I am very much enjoying it. Um, The series has definitely gone in some places that I haven't really foreseen. Uh, me being just a, you know, movie slash television, uh, Marvel guy, I'm sure there are plenty of things and plenty of backstories that they're tying in from the comics that I'm just simply not aware of. That being said, what I have seen, I've really enjoyed. I've, you know, they, they've done some things with a few of the characters I'm sure we're going to get into to make them very sympathetic. And at the same time, they're very bad people. So, I'm really interested to see how they actually play out some of the storylines of New Cap and Carly Morgenthau. And, you know, overall, I just really have enjoyed how grounded this has felt. You know, some of the things that Sam is dealing with as a hero and coming back to a bit of normalcy. And, you know, and overall, I think I've really enjoyed how they have uh, made the transition from the blip back to normal society, um, really interesting and, you know, made me really engage in the story. It made me really think about how things would really be if we, you know, had to come back from being gone for, you know, a extended period of time and uh, repatriating these citizens back into the world community. Uh, what, what about you, man? What are your overall thoughts? So overall, am I must see TV as in WandaVision, how I was getting up at 6 a.m. and watching it? I'm not doing that, but it's not because it's not good. It is a different tone from WandaVision, but Wanda has always been one of my favorite characters. But I will say something that I just heard myself because I was editing it from our review with, or not our review, our interview with Alan Seiler of Hulanta, 
I made the statement that for the Falcon, Sam Wilson, Anthony Mackie is doing for the Falcon, in my opinion, what Robert Downey Jr. did for Iron Man, bringing the character into a spotlight for which he has never been. And for any of you who are listening that are Falcon fans, I am not disparaging the character in any way. I like the character, but Anthony Mackie is making me love the character. And Sebastian Stan is, you know, doing an awesome job as Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, the White Wolf, all of that. I think it is so good, and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, it's very interesting how they have pitted this story as a continuation, of course, of what we've seen in the movies and a reflection on what happens to the legacy of, of Captain America. And we have these two guys who are his friends and to see where that legacy goes from, from their perspective. And maybe, you know, if these characters have onus to take up that mantle and, and move forward with it. So all of that stuff has been really great. Um, I really, I'm really digging how closely this is tying into the movies, which that's what you expect. Right. And, right. and, and you mentioned Sam and, um, you know, I think each of these characters in what four episodes now have gotten a little bit, a little time to shine in different ways. Uh, I think each of the episodes, we, we, we focus on each of the characters a little bit differently. And I really love how it plays into the overall story of the flag smashers and, and, you know, bringing Zemo in. Zemo gets some spotlight. So we'll, we'll get it all that. <laughs> so I want to start with the very beginning and I want to ask you a question. Should Sam have given up the ship. <sighs> that is a <laughs> go ahead. And, and, and it seems like you're hesitating. So let me add a sub question to the question. And the sub question to the question is who owns Captain America? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I think if we look at it from a realistic point of view, does America own the, you know, the, <laughs> the branding rights of Captain America? Yeah, probably. But, uh, it's so much more than that. It's, it's, especially when you take into account who, um, Captain America is and the virtues that he has and, you know, being even able to, to wield millionaire, it really begs the question, um, if that legacy can go on and if there will ever be someone as for all intents and purposes, pure hearted as, as, um, as our cap, um, that we know and love. So th that's kind of what you're dealing with. I really don't think even, even Sam, which I think is a good guy. I don't think he can will millionaire, you know, that is, that is something that's reserved for our cap for all intents and purposes. So it's really hard to say if that legacy should go on. Um, and, I think if it does go on, whoever does carry on that torch needs to be fully vetted. <laughs> and, and it's hard because whoever takes it on can't be unless you, you know, relax some laws and say, we're going to continue this, this, uh, super soldier program can't really be what cap was. So w whatever it is in any light is going to be a lesser of a person. If you think about it, I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it makes perfect sense because there's, no, you know, the, there's there's no right answer and there's no wrong answer 
to that question because it's one of those questions. It depends on your opinion and your point of view. See, for me, I look at it from the perspective of, you know, I'll take my first question, which was, should he have given up the shield? And my answer is absolutely not. He, I, I see why I understand why I think he did it. But from the perspective of this was given to you by who it was given to you by, it was not yours to give away. But on the flip of that, the subset question of who owns Captain America, Sam was military. Yeah, true. Probably still is military. And the ideal, the banner, the notion of Captain America was created by the military. So from the growing up in the military, or you know, not growing up, but being in the military, and I haven't asked my brother yet the question from being in the Marines, this same question, and I should have before we started recording, but I think there was probably some duty that he was felt like he should give it up. And I think there's, again, no right or wrong answer there. I just wish he had. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that you bring up a good point. And I guess the series doesn't clearly um, state what's going on here. But it's obvious that Sam has ties to, to the military still. But it, by the same token, it seems like he's operating on his own um, missions or he kind of has his freelance in a sense. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think the series clearly states or maybe it does. And I just didn't understand no, I don't think it does. I didn't. I, I think it's exactly what you said. I think it's very freelance slash I'm an Avenger slash I get to do what I want to do kind of thing. But but yeah, going back to the intellectual property of Captain America, it does bring up some interesting questions on if the current iteration is gone. Does Do they have the right to carry the make uh, have that baton carry on with somebody else? Because it is the mascot of, you know, and the symbol of, um, you know, America with Steve Rogers. And does that, should that carry on? I think in some ways it should, but again, vetting the right person to do that, um, doesn't seem like they went with the right approach in, in that aspect. So keeping with the branding line of questioning of Captain America, what did you think of the introduction, I believe this was in the second episode, of Isaiah Bradley, the first Captain America that I'm sure you had no idea even existed. Well, I knew existed, but I really didn't know much about the backstory of him. I still don't at this point. So for me, I personally would love them to make that a, you know, four to six episode, you know, spinoff to to tell that story. I think that could be very, very interesting, you know, showing us a younger Isaiah Bradley and uh, possibly, you know, tying it, tying it into some of the events we've seen before from a different perspective. Uh, I knew of the character, but just don't know a lot of depth into, into what the character is. But yeah, I really, really love that. And maybe just the whole uh, super soldier serum as a whole. I think, that is a great story. And I want to, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they're dive, they are diving into it, but it seems like we're skipping over a lot of stuff too, if that makes any sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, just that whole concept and, 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 um, knowing that they kept this experiments going is an interesting thing to, to explore. Reminded me somewhat of Tuskegee, um, airmen a little bit. Um, Agreed. whereas they were, 
testing diseases on those guys. Um, but you know, this is similar in a sense that they were using, you know, I'm assuming black soldiers and testing it out, using them as a test bed to see if this serum can actually move forward. Well, just as there were certain aspects of WandaVision that I really enjoyed, specifically the birth of William and Tommy, because I said, here come the young Avengers. I really enjoyed seeing Isaiah's grandson, even though he really didn't do anything and really wasn't much of a presence other than opening the door and seeing them out. That character's name is Elijah, and he goes on to become Patriot um, because he inherits some of his grandfather's strength from the super serum, super soldier serum. Yeah, that that, that was a pretty cool uh, tie-in there. Very, very cool. So... Let me ask you about Bucky. Let's switch to Bucky. What did you think or what do you think of what you've learned about him since this series started? I think they've done a good job of showing Bucky's mental struggle of getting back to normalcy. You know, we mentioned the blip a, a, a few minutes ago and how we we're trying to settle back into normal society. But with him, you have the blip and you have his whole history with um, being programmed as the Winter Soldier that he's battling through. Usually, for me, usually I hate when we dive into mental stuff with our superheroes, but I think it's done well uh, in this series. It almost feels like a, a Sopranos where we're sitting on the couch with Tony and we're seeing him talk to his psychiatrist. Um, so I really love that they're kind of showing him and his mental breakthrough to get back to normalcy, him having his list where in him attempting to follow the four rules to try to um what's the word make amends yeah. or restitution and yeah make amends with with all these people that he's wronged in his past so i find all that interesting i don't think we want to get to complete the list in this series but <laughs> but it's cool to see him get back to a bit of normalcy through this um psychiatrist and also with with her, um, you know, in a way, bringing he and 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 um and, and uh, Falcon together a little bit closer, um, to you know, because he needs a friend now. He really needs a friend, and um, with Steve gone, Sam is gonna be his anchor through uh, hell or high water, because you know they are pretty much playing the "I hate you, but we got to work together" kind of roles. And you know, to see seeing that play out, I feel like it's a lot of fun, and it's good to see Bulk Bucky. Uh, move back to a bit of normalcy through through Sam. And I know as far as most of the time they knew him, Cap being Steve was a young person that was physically their age, but they almost come across to me as the father has died and the the siblings are now having to rely on each other. And it's the, I, you know, like you just said, the, the, well, we don't, you know, I'm being bullheaded. I don't like you. I don't like you. Or yeah, blah, 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 blah. But we got to work together. And I think that is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I know I equate a lot of things to basketball, but it's just like when Jordan retires, is Scotty supposed to try to take up 23 and be Jordan? Or is he supposed to be the best Scotty Pippen? <laughs> you know, and I kind of feel like that's what Sam is doing, just being the best Scotty Pippen. And he doesn't, who wants to step in the shoes of Eric Jordan? Not I, sir. <laughs> and in a lot of ways, uh, Cap, I'm, I'm sorry, in a lot of ways, Sam doesn't feel like he deserves the shield. He's not worthy of it, you know? And it's interesting to see 
that dynamic uh, of him and, and Bucky against each other. As Bucky said, hey, he gave it to you. You are to carry this on and use it and heal up the mantle. But, you know, just the dynamic and to see where it has gone since uh, you kind of just want to slap yourself on the head and be like, man, I really messed this up. And I know that's how Sam is feeling right now. But what I really like about it is they're not playing this as Bucky being resentful of not getting it because you could play it from the angle of he knew me first. He should have given it to me and have that be like a chip on his shoulder. They're not going there. And I'm so yeah. glad they're not going there. But where they are going is the acknowledgement that I've known him a lot longer than you. He gave it to you. And I'm trying to make you see it's yours yeah. is how I'm interpreting. Yeah. It. Excellent point there. Uh, it's not it's infighting in a sense of not that I'm mad that you got it, but hey, he gave it to you. You need to hold the mantle and, and keep this thing going because that's a responsibility my friend put on you. You know, I really love how they're put, putting that as the point of contention and not that, oh, it's mine. I should have it, you know. So, yeah, I, I think all of that in the story has been excellent so far. And, yeah, I just, I'm loving how that has played out and, and, you know, ultimately brought them closer together. Agreed. And one more thing on that to, uh, to kind of tie up that one is the... You know, the idea of, is Sam worthy? In Bucky's eyes, I don't think that's a question. Because in his eyes, you know, Steve gave that to you. There's no more, is he worthy or not? Because the person who could pick up Molnir said, you're worthy for the shield. Oh, man, that is so deep on so many levels. (laughs) So, you know, that go back to, the, you know, something we've said, before, you know, earlier in this very conversation, he says, this man said you could have it. He picked up the, 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 the hammer. You can pick up the shield. So there you go. Yeah. And it's about people seeing something in you and telling you, you know, reassuring you that you're, that you're worthy for this. You know, he even says in the series, you know, if he was wrong about you, he's wrong about me. You know, he basically put everything on the line as James Bucky Barnes. He put everything on the line to, to f- free him. And, you know, and what was it? The winter. So uh, the yeah. winter soldier movie and the civil war kind of both of those are kind of back to back, but uh he put everything on the line for him as his friend, you know, and if he's wrong about you, he might be wrong about me as well. You know, I, I think that is so, so cool. So I want to pivot real quick and you brought up the coming back and coming back after five years and showing the ramifications of that. And I love the fact that we are seeing ramifications because, you know, when you're reading a comic book and somebody comes back from the dead, hello, they're back and whoop-de-doo. But you don't play with the Superman coming back from the dead and Clark Kent having to go then and prove why he's still alive. You know, all of that. You're not coming up with excuses and all the things that he's going to have to go and get his license renewed, et cetera, and so forth. Let's talk about the bank scene. Take it from there. The bank scene. What did you think? So, again, when you talk about this series really hitting on real world issues, you know, I feel like, well, even even devoid of real world, this dude has basically saved the world, the galaxies, uh, and you can't even get this guy alone and he's a known superhero. 
Um, I've heard other people, well, I've heard people talking about, you know, do these super superheroes get paid? You know, Tony Stark had a bunch of money. How come these guys aren't, you know, doing well right now? It's just weird that even in light of all of this, that he can't even make any money or get a loan. Uh, now, you you can't say that he was going for five years. He has no credit history. And I believe that all plays better uh, into the bigger picture of the Global Repatriation Council or Commission. And, you know, if he wasn't here, no credit history, how can we give him a loan? You can say that. Or I think it probably is an al- allegory to some of the real world things we see, which you hear about people with uh, a lower economic status, not being able to, you know, pull themselves up on their bootstraps and get loans and do things to move to get better. You know, right. So I, I do. Right. I do feel I do love how in this series are definitely hitting a lot of. Harder to tackle issues, I feel, kind of head on. And especially when you get into the first episode when, with Sam and his sister, I feel like it's very grounded. They're starting us in a very relatable place uh, to, to kickstart the rest of the series on top of. And when you get into the Flag Smashers and why they are what they are, I think all of that plays into each other. And I love the fact that we're seeing Sam's family. Because they've never really played that up in my knowledge or to my knowledge in the comic. And I really, really like that because it establishes more of him outside of wearing the wings. He is Sam Wilson, not just simply being, you know, the Falcon. He's, you're learning more about what motivates him as a person. Totally, totally love that. The thing that just made my skin crawl was you don't have any work history. You, We know why you've been gone. We've already realized that you're the Falcon, which kind of reminds me of, oh, you're an athlete. You're, you know, so that's why I know you, et cetera, and so forth. And then at the end, I can't give you a loan, but can I have a cell phone? Oh, yeah. That makes you want to just slap the guy. <laughs> I'm like, dude. Please, come on. (laughs) So let's talk Flag Smashers, staying with this theme of the global whatever act, or you know, this council that's bringing people back together. It sounds like the world they are presenting is the world that came together because 50% of the people were gone. And I'm not quite so sure that it was necessarily a bad thing maybe yeah well it's kind of the thing we always talk about in sci-fi if there's some greater threat to the planet as a whole there's going to be some kumbaya moment where we all come together and say you know we might hate each other we have borders we have rules we have laws but we need to look at the greater good of the world as a whole so just think of that um and how that would allow for different countries to have some type of synergy, start working together, start trying to deal with what has happened to the world. You know, half of people are gone and you got to also think housing people that are disenfranchised when half of the world is gone, there's going to instantly be better places for half of those people to live, you know, that are left that were maybe the poor amongst us. Uh, so they even mentioned in the story about people, having to move out of their homes because uh, when they, when the other 50% of people came back, they wanted their stuff back, you know? So you can instantly see how, if 
half of all the people in the world is gone. Of course, it may may hit our our economy badly, as witnessed in some of the Ant Man uh, scenes. But the people that are on the bad side of things, they're going to instantly probably have more opportunity and be able to move into better places, better economic status. And when you think of that as a whole of how borders might not mean as much as they meant before, because you're going to have jobs that need to be filled and people need to move, move up in different positions, whether it be in, in management or be in government and, and you know, the, 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 the Senate or the House. You know, there's going to be people instantly thrust into better positions and countries, quite frankly, working together in situations where they would never have before. So although I think from what we saw and correct me if I'm wrong, for what they showed us, it showed mostly a world in turmoil in those five years. So that's one part that I guess I'm kind of confused on. We got the one half of you have, you know, uh, Cap in that counseling round circle, which he worked as a counselor during those five years. And you also have some of the Ant-Man scenes where you see a a uh, world where stuff seems like it's going to hell in a handbasket. But they're also saying people did better. So I feel like there's a bit of a conflicting um message that we've gotten from the movies versus the shows. Uh, but I do like the idea better of that. We were thriving during those times rather than being yeah. you know, downtrodden. So here's, you know, we've often said in some of our podcasts, we've made comments such as perception is reality. And I think what we are seeing in these television shows, which I think is Disney's brilliance here is we're seeing another perspective of things because when we're watching Avengers Endgame, our perception as the audience, in my opinion, is the perception of the Avengers who are left behind. And in their eyes, I'm not saying that there are not global things that they have had to deal with. That's obviously the case and that there are interstellar things that they've had to deal with. That's obviously the case. But we're seeing the pain of knowing that Black Panther is gone, that Falcon is gone, that Scarlet Witch is gone, etc., and so forth. All of the their friends and co-workers or teammates, whatever you want to call them, are gone. And we're seeing the pain left over from that. So maybe part of what we're saying right now is the reason that we saw this as such a bad thing was because we were seeing it through the eyes of the heroes. Oh, great point. Great point. And it also, I guess, maybe begs the bigger question, and I'm going to throw this back at you, was Thanos right? If you're seeing all of these people that are saying things are better, and of course, if if, you're, if your folks got blipped away, <laughs> you're, you're going to, somebody you love got blipped away, you're, you're not going to be happy about it. But if in some senses think the things are dr- thriving, it's just kind of hard to frame if it was a good or a bad thing for me. Of course, it's bad because people died. But, you know, looking at the greater picture and the messages the Flash Smashers have and and how some things are better for some people, it makes you think about it a little bit more. Yeah. And, and that's where there's a such thing called good television and good writing is if we can have a debate over something that's no right or wrong answer. I think that's very good. If it is so cut and dry that 
it's either a yes or a no. And if you're a no when it should be a yes and you feel bad for being a no, then that's a different thing. But but when it's this gray area. So to answer your question, the Thanos 50% thing, it may work on paper, but I don't think it works in reality because the question then I think becomes who chooses who goes. And there then becomes the opportunity for evil because there's going to be someone who will say, I don't know person X, but I know person Clarence. So Clarence gets to stay. Person X is gone. Yeah. Yep. You know, and therein is why I think it looks good on paper and et cetera. But in reality, it just is not a good thing. Yeah. Well, well let, let me ask you about Carly Morgenthau and the Flag Smashers, if you're ready to get into that. Let's keep going with them. Yes. Go for it. So you have this group of people who saw how things could be during the blip and want to and, and have seen the people that I guess were doing better during the blip be displaced once everyone is back and basically being forgotten in some senses. You know, I'm I'm still a little confused on the Global Repatriation Council and how they are navigating the people that have came back. They really haven't gone into depth about that. But it does seem mm-hmm. to me that the people that were possibly doing better during the blip had to move out of their houses or had to move out of the positions they were given the opportunity to be in during the blip. And now they are displaced. And I guess you have Carly Morgenthau and her group. Uh, the Flag Smashers kind of be their superheroes to give them supplies and help them out uh, as they try to settle into this new world. Now, it's kind of obvious that she's going the the wrong way about this. Uh, so just quick, real quick to you, like, what do you think about her as a character and maybe the mission of the Flag Smashers and um, the approach so they I would love. So I would have liked to have seen, I know this is only six episodes. I would have liked to have seen maybe seven or eight episodes where you spent 10 minutes, maybe telling the audience, showing the audience more of what things were like during those five years in their eyes. Or once everyone had come back, what it was like for these people, like you were given examples of I've moved into this house. I've been living there for five years. It was available. Now I've got to move out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, but to answer your question about is she doing the right thing? I think desperate times calls calls for desperate measures in her eyes. I don't know if she's doing it the right way. I do think Sam got to her in the fourth episode, and I'm saving the worst for last, so I won't talk about what happened to her because I don't like this character. But uh, oh, until really? we get to to this person, um, but it, I mean, it, I I don't know. I just I, I I think she's they're wrong in their methods, but I don't think. Their their philosophy at least deserves being heard. Yeah, it it does seem like they're painting her as a Robin Hood type figure in a lot of ways. But obviously, when she crosses the line and you go, you start killing people, which even one of her men kind of questions some of her um, actions in in that third or fourth episode. 
you definitely have to start looking at her with it in a different light. Like, okay, if, when, when have you become the villain? When, when definitely when you start, you know, blowing up building with people and then killing people, it, it, you know, it's only so far your altruist, altruism can go if you have taken these type of means to, to, you know, to, to get things done. And, you know, as, as Sam's sister said, you're a terrorist. Why are you calling me? You're a terrorist now. <laughs> so, yeah, she's definitely gone too far in her approach. So what did you think of seeing the Wakandan Dora Mahai? I cannot pronounce them. So I'm going to say the Wakandan guard. Do- what did is, you think of seeing them? Is again? it the Dora Malaje? Is that how it is? Yes. Thank yeah, you. Um, it was cool. It was cool. Definitely interesting how they brought them in. They came in and kicked butt. And I guess we have a whole nother part to talk about John Walker, but the way they made John Walker look like a fool <laughs> was great. They're not even super soldiers. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, the, the Dormalaji go where the Dormalaji wants and they do what they want in whatever jurisdiction they're in is their jurisdiction. So yeah, um, they were great kicking, but as usual, doesn't seem like they've lost a step. Uh, since we've seen them last and you know they just on the screen when they're uh on it so i, I love seeing them and they have a, a a a not really a debt to pay but they have a a, a revenge to seek for um t'chaka and the death uh, of him at the hands of, of zemo so yeah uh just interesting to see that dynamic of those of that group of of, of warriors trying to navigate their relationship with Bucky versus being able to get vengeance or, or seek vengeance for the death of their former king. Yeah, see, I had totally forgotten, and I need to go back and watch these two movies, but I had forgotten that it was Zemo who had killed T'Chaka. And now that made so much difference. But I love the moment when Zemo put on the mask, the 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 ski mask thing. Yeah, that was cool. That was so cool because in the comics he wears, he, he, um, it was at one point, um, sealed to his face and it scarred it. So he wears the mask at all times now. So, uh, that was interestingly cool to see him and they're making him an interestingly, almost weirdly likable character. Yeah, definitely making Zemo more relatable. Again, I need to go back and watch uh the the Winter Soldier movie and Civil War. I need to go back and watch both of those. But I will say I really didn't care anything about this character before. <laughs> you know, I just felt like he was he was good at the time when I saw him in the movies, but I kind of forgettable at the same by the same notion. So I really love how they are painting like like they're doing with Sam and like they're doing with James, they're definitely um, giving us more of a story of where he comes from. Almost cartoonish in some ways to be, you know, the Baron, the rich guy that, you know, is doing bad things because he has a he, st- he still has a code. He has a mission that he's on. Now, of course, we don't see that as being a good mission, but. He does have a code that he's living by. And I do like that we see a little bit more of that. And just like, you know, we'll get into it, but just like John Walker, they managed to make him relatable. They make us like him a little bit. I mean, they've released an hour long sequence of him dancing on YouTube. Marvel has. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. They, the Zemo the cut. The Zemo Wasn't cut. That what they call yeah, it? Yeah. The people were saying release the Zemo cut. <laughs> and they did it. 
<laughs> Fan demand. Oh, but yeah. I, I really love the dynamic there. And, you know, it, it, it gave us an opportunity to bring the, the Dormalaji in to, to pursue him and all of the way they're working these dynamics of different points in MZ, MCU together, even more so than, um, WandaVision. I think I've enjoyed the connective tissue in this even more than I did in WandaVision because they're telling us a story here. Um, well, we're, we're going to see repercussions on WandaVision as well, but it seems like this one, this just feels a little more grounded as a whole and a little more relatable as a whole. Yeah. There's no trying to figure out what was going on here. There was no weird reality warping something going on here. There is what it is. You know, it is, he gave up the shield. This guy got the shield. He doesn't have the shield anymore because he's got the shield. His name is John Walker. He's the new Captain America. What do you think about him? So before we get into John Walker, I know we have a lot to say about him. Can we can we just talk a real quick about Sharon Carter? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Uh, Emily Van Camp. I don't know why she's in this series. <laughs> I mean, I love that she's kind of this kick-ass uh broker of sorts she's not the power broker i don't think but she's this kick-ass arch dealer person in mandrapore and she's doing these cool dark things because he's been displaced because of her involvement in civil war but i just don't buy it i just don't buy it and shame on me but i, I don't like her in this series at all yeah i think you noticed that I didn't even put her into my notes. So that should tell you that I don't really consider her a vital part of this story. Now, that may be to my detriment in the next two episodes when she's the key to everything, whatever everything is. Um, but I'm like you. I just, she's the only thing that feels forced. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I do feel like she's going to be our key to the power broker, whoever that might be. But but yeah, it, she just felt like she didn't fit into what's what's going on in the greater picture for some reason. Yep. Agreed with you a million percent. So I'm wondering if we're going to disagree a little bit here. John Walker, Captain America, your thoughts. I will reiterate what everybody on the interwebs has been saying about him. Most punchable face in the MCU. <laughs> which is Agreed. which is weird for me to say. Of course, when we see the reveal in the first episode of him uh, 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 donning the shield and, you know, we had the similar reaction that Sam had as Sam watched him on television. What the heck, man? Um, and instantly everybody hated him. But I, I'm going to give the show a bunch of credit for humanizing him. You know, we go into that very next episode and they show him taking on this tremendous task of carrying on, carrying on the legacy uh, of Steve. And I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be that person. And, we, you know, we can kind of get why Sam didn't want to take that on because it's a huge, tremendous pressure to carry that on. But to to John Walker's credit, he takes it on and is willing to bear all of the responsibility that that uh, entails. And, you know, it seems like even though he's highly annoying and sometimes oversteps his bounds, it does seem like, at least in the very beginning, that he's trying to be a good steward of what that 
of what that symbol means. And, and that I really did like. Uh, what were, what were your first impressions of, of so John Walker? So the actor, brilliant job going into a role that you know that people are going to hate you for most likely. And they did. You didn't even say a word. You just walked out. <laughs> <laughs> on camera, down some stairs, and the internet went crazy attacking you. How cool is that for an actor to know that I walked down some stairs, smiled, and the internet hates me? Yeah. You know, talk about being known. So, so as far as the actor goes, A plus, A plus, you know, he is doing a great job. Now, as far as the writing goes, they are making this character sympathetic in some way. So I'm looking at it from the perspective of, I don't know anything about him. If I didn't know anything about him, they are doing a great job of not really knowing where he's going. And he's, as you just said, kind of wrestling with the role of being Captain America. I am, whatever, what is the word? I am influenced by the knowledge of knowing him first in the comics and went from hating him to tolerating it, you know, as for the most part. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, that's about the best I can say. I hated his character at first and I tolerate him now. Yeah. And, and that with the added pressure of knowing that he is not a super soldier, he, he has no powers, but yet he has the same mantle. And, you know, Again, I tried to project that same, um, that same type of feeling on what Sam might have thought when he was given the role. You know, I'm, you know, I'm no cap. I don't, I can't fly like Mike. I'm, not, you know, how can I take on that role? And I, I can still, I can definitely see Sam having some of those same type of issues when being given the role of, of Captain America. Um, and, and even, um, John's sidekick, uh, Hoskins, Lamar Hoskins was, is fabulous as well. We see he's the angel on the right shoulder being the voice of reason for, for John Walker. Yes, 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 yes. So before I go any further, would you like for me to tell you really, really briefly in the comic what John Walker's history is? Yes, yes, tell, tell, tell us. Uh, all right. So this may, this may explain a little bit why I don't like him. So he, in the comic, had already approached the power broker and received the super soldier serum. Before even becoming Captain America, he was introduced in 86 as a character called Super Patriot and ultimately was introduced as a villain version of Captain America that was trying to say, I'm better than Captain America. I'm the Super Patriot. Steve quit. As Captain America, the government was wanting him to do this and do that. And he was like, look, this is not what I stand for. And they basically said they owned Captain America. And he said, "Okay, well, then I quit. That was when John Walker was approached and became Captain America. And for many years, he was everything Steve wasn't during the time that Steve became known as the Captain and he was, of course, John Walker, Captain America, having powers from the very beginning as Captain America. He then goes on to be another role after um, called the U.S. agent after Rogers assumed being Captain America. But all of that said, 
the story that we're seeing on screen is a variation and a much more sympathetic variation than what we got in the comic. Yeah, I'm definitely glad they changed it because I feel like they kind of already told that first story similarly in, in, in Iron Man with Rhodey, kind of, in a way. True. It's him, like, taking over the government representation of that that kind of character or that mantra or whatever, is the, the man in the suit. So, yeah, I'm glad they di- took a totally different approach and just didn't reiterate what we've already um, read in the comics and that they kind of did with, with the Iron Man uh, suits. <laughs> Yep, agreed. So you referred to his angel on his shoulder and kind of his anchor, I would call it, to kind of keep him grounded, keep him leveled. So let's go to the very end of this last episode, episode number four. And his angel on his shoulder literally is singing with the angels now because he is accidentally killed by Carly in a fight. And John, who has now taken the super soldier serum himself, kind of sees red. Thoughts? Well, Hoskins definitely lays the card on the cards on the table. He makes the statement, you know, well, I guess we can go back a little bit further when Zemo asks uh, Sam about the, the serum said, if you had the opportunity, would you take it? He instantly says he would not. Very interesting to me uh, that he would say no, but I guess he feel like in a lot of ways he just didn't need it. And maybe there's more to that that they're going to explain on the why he would say no. Um, but but he definitely just turns it down outright, said he wouldn't do it. And then we see a, a, a kind of a, 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 a the, the other side of that when Hoskins uh, brings up the question. Well, no, no, no. Walker brings up the question to Hoskins about taking it because obviously he's he's already snagged a vial of it. And Hoskins says, you're already a good dude, man. You're a good person. It just makes you more of what you already are. But John comes back and retorts and says, you've done some pretty bad things as soldiers. You know, we didn't get those Medal of Honor, those medals of honor for being just great citizens. We've done some dark things. And you know, we see that John has when we find out John has taken the, the serum that he snatched up, that maybe what is amplifying is not <laughs> is not a great part of what the character is. And when, you know, when Hoskins gets killed, he goes ape and uh, murders for all intents and purposes. The guy in the streets. Uh, or one of the flag smashers in the in the streets for the whole world to see. So yeah, very sad, very iconic imagery, Ooh, and yeah. wow, maybe one of the most gruesome things things we've seen, you know, firsthand in the MCU. Yeah, I, I thought the same. You couldn't have said it any better because I thought the exact same thing. They framed it in a way to where you knew what was happening. You knew what he was doing, but you didn't see yeah. it, you know, but you still knew and you knew that it was being done in public. Oh, man. And I, I now I have been saying I've not been like jumping to watch these first four, even though I've watched them next Friday. I'm going to be as soon as I get home from work <laughs> watching this because I want to see how not necessarily how he reacts, I, even though I'm interested in that. I want to see how Sam and Bucky react. Yeah, yeah, and also to see where um, 
what direction it takes Carly and the Flag Smashers in. Uh, cause I could yes. definitely see her just going off the rails <laughs> at this point. Um, just an interesting dynamic of how you, how you're going to play that. And this guy is the, basically the mascot, the logo, the, 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 for the U.S. at this point. And we see he's gone to a terrible place. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how that actually plays out. So we have two episodes left, and I have one question about these two episodes that I want to pose to you. And that question is, will Sam be Captain America at the end of this series? What do you think? I'm, uh, only because I've seen stuff. <laughs> I think I've seen toys. I think it's pretty pretty sure that he's going to be Captain America by the end of it. Um, but again, it's going to be interesting to see how we get there, because I'll... Uh, I almost feel like when he takes up the mantle, it's going to be less from a, I deserve to be this and more that I need to protect the brand. You know, if that makes any sense. Oh, it makes a brilliant hundred million billion trillion percent. Yes, it makes perfect sense. What What about you? Where do you see it going? I, I don't know, but I can't disagree with what you just said. I, I was going to say that I didn't think he would, but I never even thought of the protecting the brand. And I think that is a, that gives me the motivation, I think, for the character to take it up. And, you know, am I worthy? Screw whether or not I'm worthy. This is what happens when I let it go and I'm not going to allow someone else to, I would rather hold and be scrutinized for having it than to stand by and let someone else degrade it. Yes, yes, yes. And for that matter, I think we also have to see what, what, what happened to our cap. What happened to Steve? I don't think we got a great explanation on that. Is he dead? Is he mm-hmm. on the moon? Like <laughs> where's, where's Steve? Yeah. I, I think that was left very. Non- unsaid. I, I'm not going to say, you know, that it was left in a gray area. It was just left unsaid because I'm assuming that it was in the same time frame that older Cap gave um, him the shield. Maybe they just have a pact with him that says, you know, everyone believed that you either died in battle or whatever, or you disappeared. We're going to let you live out your life as you've been living it out unknown for the last 40, 50 years, 60, however many. Yeah. But you have to imagine he's somewhere looking at all this being like, what have you guys done? <laughs> so let me ask you one last question before we close. If you were to give the episodes that you've seen so far, do you feel like they have hit the mark, missed the mark, or are they just perfectly on target? I think they've done an excellent job so far. There is some... There are a, there well, there is an episode I I think episode two where I didn't like as much it might have been my least favorite and that's when they're in Madripoor just because I'm I'm sure we're gonna get explanations but just because I don't know any background of Madripoor or the power broker and where all that is going that is the only probably the only blind spot I have so far. But as far as what they've done with with Sam and Bucky and and, and John Walker, um, I've I've really loved all that. So the city of or the island nation of Madripoor w- 
is predominantly a home of a certain gentleman when he is not in a certain school in New York and he decides to go to Japan. He often finds himself in Madripoor, and that would be none other than Wolverine. Nice. So the the fact that we see Madripoor in an MCU is another telltale sign that the mutants are coming. You know, the that here come the X-Men because this is something that is known locale as X-Men. Case in point, there's an X-Men book that's out right now called Marauders, and I read it this afternoon, and the story took place in Madripoor. Nice, nice. Well, let me ask you, where do you think this story is springboarding onto for the MCU? Do you see anything... I mean, it's obvious what's coming out of the WandaVision. We have the, the multiverse of madness, maybe even some Spider-Man ties, uh, for the multiverse in, in that, from that series. Where do we see this going for the MCU? Do we see a Sam Wish Wilson Captain America movie? Do we see Bucky and Sam teaming up for a movie together? Like, like, wh- where do you see the breadcrumbs leading to? I see there's going to be. And I, and this just popped into my head at this point. I think we will get a Young Avengers at some point. It may be a Disney Plus series. I don't know if it'll be a movie, but, you know, I do think we'll see a version of the Young Avengers. I think we're going to see at some point a movie called The New Avengers, and that will probably have Bucky and Sam, and Sam being Captain America. Now, as far as John Walker's Captain America, considering the fact that he just committed murder on, for all intents and purposes, live TV, streamed around the world, YouTubers in the MCU watching it left, right, and center, if he doesn't go to jail, I think we're going to see him become a villain of some sort. Yeah, I can definitely see them bringing him back sometime in the future, you know, if it's several movies down the line. I can right. see them bringing him back. Uh, as was, but you know, if I'm sorry, if they're coming, if they're coming from the New Avengers with a counter group to the New Avengers, I could see that's where they would bring him back. It would make sense. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent agreed. All right. Well, we have two more episodes to get under our belt before we may get some of the questions that you and I just posed. So before we wrap, I have one last question. Clarence Brown, what else are you watching or where else can you be found on the Internet? Oh, man, I'll just say check me out at DiscussingTrek.com, where is yours truly, as well as Cal Jones and two other of our esteemed host where we talk about everything Star Trek. So definitely check us out there. And I will say for anybody listening to the conversation we just had, if you have any additional insight or anything that we missed, uh, please forward that along to host H O S T S at discussing network.com. What's your thoughts? Awesome. Awesome. Well, as always, it is a unique pleasure. You and I do not get on one on one as often as we used to. So it's always a pleasure for me when we do. And I will say for everyone listening, check us out at discussingnetwork.com for all the shows on the Discussing Network. And with that, we will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. 